You are listening to episode 33 of Tried and True with Caroline. Welcome to part three of the Potential series. So if you have not listened to parts one and two, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to those podcast episodes. Of course, you can still listen to this one first if that's what you choose to do. But definitely go back and listen to part one and part two of the Potential series. So today we're going to be talking about embracing your inner Jedi. So the goal is to remind you how to invoke that inner Jedi or that inner wisdom that is already existent within you. Before I get into talking about potential part three today, I wanted to read a quote to you by Patanjali, which is a sage from India from many, many, many years ago. And he also wrote the Yoga Sutras. So the quote is, when you are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all of your thoughts break their bonds, your mind transcends limitations, your consciousness expands in every direction, and you find yourself in a new, great, and wonderful world. Dormant forces, faculties, and talents become alive. And you discover yourself to be a greater person by far than you ever dreamed yourself to be. So basically, once you commit to a path and you begin to take action, things start to change. When the universe understands that you're serious, things along your path begin to show up that are going to lead you in the direction of where it is that you're heading. I have a few questions to ask. So the first one is, if you were to rate your life on a scale of one to 10, what would it be? So one being like the lowest, obviously there could be zero, but I'm going to leave it at one as the lowest and 10 being just super fabulous. Like you are just living it up. Whatever number that is, I just want you to remember that number and look at it as in if you go back to the pod, the first podcast of Potential One, where I ask you about words and I ask you feelings and I ask you, you know, what has brought you to that point. Now that we're at this point and you're rating your life as a whole on a scale, what does that number mean to you? It's not going to mean anything to anyone else, but it just needs to mean something to you. Obviously, there's ripple effects. Okay, yes, I get that. But the number has to hold resonance with you first before you can actually make a difference somewhere else. Whatever that number is at, I want you to really think about where you are with that number. And then I want you to think about what is limiting you from changing that number or what has limited you in the past from changing that number. And then from there, I want you to think about if you were a different number, what would that mean for you? And I know this is a quick kind of think about everything, but think about why you chose that number and what words, what actions, what things align with you picking that number. 
because I did not create a chart from one to 10 for you to pick from. Okay, if your life looks like this, then it's a one. If your life looks like this, it's an eight. I wanted you to come up with that whole scenario. So you can always go back when you have your own time. Well, you have your own time right now, but you can go back, sit for a minute, close your eyes and really visualize what you think that number represents and write about why you think your life represents that number. And from there, figure out why it is that your numbers or your, and look at what your number represents and look at what your words and things represented from the first part of potential one. Because I, I, I'm probably betting that all of those things are very similar right now until you begin to make that shift. The three things that I want to focus on today are identifying your driving force behind your potential, what your determination and inspiration is in making that or improving your potential to do the thing that you want to be doing or multiple things that you feel like you want to be doing. And looking at your failures and understanding where those have been, you know, critical places in your life where maybe you didn't move forward from them and you just sat and harbored on them like they were an island instead of trying to build the boat or build a way off the island, you just stayed in that failure space. The first part in identifying your driving force of your potential, I broke that down in, into three things. And that was, or that is, risk-taking, your finishing statistic, and your habits. Risk-taking. What I have learned in this process of entrepreneurship, starting my business, doing all the things, is that I've had to be comfortable with risk. I've had to be comfortable with doing things that didn't necessarily feel normal or it didn't feel like it was part of my DNA, genetic makeup, whatever you want to call it, because it was new. It was new to me. And so it's weird at first, but if it's something that you feel like it really just lights you up, it in, it's enjoyable to you, you find value, you find comfort, it puts a smile on your face, then there's a really good chance that this is what you're supposed to be doing. And it's not always going to feel comfortable at the very beginning. My question to you is, how willing are you to take the chance, not only on yourself, but on the willingness that maybe what you have to offer is something that a lot of other people need to hear, or maybe they need your service or your product, or they need your lessons learned because we don't always learn the same thing from the same person. So maybe um, I'm listening to a inspirational speaker and I get XYZ message out of that speaker. Someone else might listen to the same speaker and get something totally different, but we listen to the same message. Yes, you might, you might have heard your lessons or your message a million times, 
but the rest of the world hasn't heard that message. So don't underestimate the story that you have to tell people or the lessons learned that you have to tell people or the product that you have that might change someone's life. It's being willing to not be in a like secure environment because when we put things out there into the universe, we don't always know how they are going to be received. It's not like someone's at your door and they're very thirsty and you give them a glass of water and they're like, oh, this was the best glass of water ever. You know that that's probably going to be very well received. Whereas I can put this podcast out and like no one listens to it. And that's a very different security feeling, if you know what I'm saying. Instead of you looking at, oh, well, this is going to be really difficult and I don't know if I can do this and, and, you know, what if nobody likes what I have and nobody wants to buy what I have and nobody wants to listen to what I have to say and no one wants to read my book that I spent three years creating and writing. Reframe your words. Reframe what you're telling yourself because that is going to change the energy behind what it is that you are putting out into the world. And it's not for everyone. It's only going to be for the people who need to hear your message. And that took me a while to figure out and that we're not supposed to be here for every single person on the planet to listen to. Just like you are not going to buy every single book that's in the bookstore or you're not going to go to every single concert on the planet because maybe you don't like a certain music or maybe you don't live in a certain city and that's where that music only takes place. I don't know. I'm making this up. Point is, when you're willing to take risks on the things that bring you joy and you're getting out of your comfort zone, that's when growth occurs. Because when you stay in your little comfort zone with your security blanket, nothing much is going to change. You have to be willing to have that vulnerability of people might not like what I put out there. Maybe it's not my best work, but I'm not here to be perfect. I'm here to improve my messages, improve the process, improve the whatever it is that I'm doing as time goes by, because I think that's a natural progression, but I'm not here to just wait until this process is like 100 foolproof perfect because nothing is ever 100 foolproof perfect. How willing are you to take risks and put yourself out there or do the thing that you don't feel 100% comfortable in doing? And that's the risk-taking part. It's getting used to that part of yourself that doesn't know what's on the other side of that new thing that you're trying to do. The second part The second question, I guess I would say is, what is your finished statistic? A lot of us are good at starting things. Hence, New Year's resolutions. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Everybody in December or the beginning of January, they create these New Year's resolutions. And I think that the statistic that I read was basically by February 1st, most of those individuals' resolutions no longer exist anymore. It was great and wonderful. The hype was all there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then come February, the majority of people have already just given up on their resolution or resolutions. If you're finishing what I call the finish statistic is not very high, you are not going to have the faith in yourself 
to do this new thing that you've now set out to do because your finished statistic, if I have a scale and I have things that I finished on one side and things that I've started on the other, but not finished, if, if you're looking at this scale in your head and it's way off balance, you're not going to feel comfortable in having that, that feeling of, oh yes, I can do this and I've got potential in doing this in completing it. So it's learning how to figure out what it is that keeps stopping you or getting in the way of you finishing something. And maybe it's because you've set out for such a crazy outlandish goal that just, it's just not, it's not enough time. So if I say, well, by December of this year, I'm going to go climb Mount Everest. That really would not be a realistic goal for me. As much as I would love to climb Mount Everest, I don't think that I'm going to climb it before this December. Not to say that I couldn't climb it, but it would be a very, it just, it's just not going to happen. So then I get down on myself and I'm like, well, you're a loser because you just, that you're never going to go do this. And I know that that's a really big exaggeration, Mount Everest. What I'm trying to say is if you are going to create goals and have and feel that potential within yourself to achieve those goals, then you need to make them realistic. And I would start with small goals, very small. If you're not used to finishing things, then create small goals. If you go a whole week and you're walking every day or that's your goal is to walk every single day and you make it one whole week walking every single day, that is amazing. That is fabulous. And you should be cheering yourself on because that's what you did. Making yourself with small wins is the way to go. And then as you get those smaller wins under your belt, then you begin to show the subconscious that you really do mean what you say when you say you are going to finish or do this thing. If you are going to go to bed every night by 10 o'clock, because you want X amount of hours of sleep and you do that every single night for X amount of time. And I'm not, yeah, okay. Maybe that's not really a finished one because it's not, you're not ever going to just finish going to sleep every day at 10 o'clock. Maybe that wasn't a really good finisher, but it's a way for you to learn how to set these more realistic goals for yourself and feel good about them and achieve them and set better habits because the better habits are going to help you reach those goals. So looking at your finished statistic and, and pick like the last, you know, maybe the last five things that you said you were going to do. How many of those things did you actually finish that you set out to do? If you didn't do them, what was it that stopped you or got in the way from you achieving those things. And then the third thing that I want you to look at is your habits. So what, what do habits have to do with your potential? Well, I'm going to go back to marathon training here. So if I'm going to train for a marathon and I don't change my habits, then 
marathon training is not really taking place. So if I say I'm going to run a marathon in January and I really haven't started doing anything as of right now, um, and I've never run a marathon before, I'm not really setting myself up for success. And I know you think, oh, well, that's six months from now. And, you know, that's that's you're just giving yourself way too much time. Like you have plenty of time. Yes, you do. Six months, I think, is is a is a lofty like that's a that's a that's a great amount of time to start planning a marathon. But what tends to happen is someone will say, I'll start it tomorrow and I'll start it tomorrow. And I'll start it tomorrow. And those tomorrows turn into a month. And then that month turns into three months. And by that time, you're like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I'm supposed to run 26.2 miles in three months and I haven't even run a mile yet. My eating is not proper. I'm not nourishing myself the way that I'm supposed to. I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm all of these things, right? You've got a laundry list of things that your body is not at its optimal state to start training. So what do you do? Well, one, you've procrastinated. Two, you really haven't changed your habits to to really look at what it's going to take to be to run that race. And I'm not even saying that you have to like PR, set a personal record. I'm just saying you you want to do the thing. In saying all of that, if you don't change habits, it's very likely that the potential of you completing or finishing something, whatever it may be, is going to diminish because you need to look at the whole environment of what's creating the potential for you making this thing come true. Really looking at your habits of whatever it is that's going to change. If you're trying to have a more tidy house, what habits do you need to put into place to make your house more tidy and in order. Well, maybe the first habit you need to make is there's a hook for your keys when you walk in the door. You put your keys on the hook, that's a habit. So you're not looking for them in the morning. If you collect your mail every day, maybe there's a bin that you hold your mail in. You have a junk mail bin and you have uh, bills that need to be paid bin. That's a habit. If you don't want to wear shoes in your house. You take your shoes off right when you walk in the door. And you begin to start putting habits in place that help to make your house more tidy. So this is what I mean about the potential. The potential always comes attached with habits. And the habits come attached to the finished statistics. So how well are you at keeping habits? How well are you at following through with what you said you were going to be doing? That is identifying your driving force behind the potential of you wanting to do this thing and your ability to risk take your finished statistic and the habits that surround this thing that's going to create enough momentum to move you in the right direction of your goal, your dream, whatever it is that you are looking to achieve. So the next one is determination and inspiration. 
which I love inspiring things. I love to read books. Most of the books that I read, probably 99% of them are nonfiction, science related. Um, I love to read uh, autobiographies, uh, things of, you know, just defying odds, people's life stories, lots of things on the brain, science, psychology, love reading all of that. It's very inspiring to me. Not saying if you don't like to read, you're not going to be inspired because there's plenty of things out there that can inspire you. Going outside and looking at the sky and realizing what an amazing planet we live on is inspiring. Knowing that you don't have to do anything to create breath within yourself, that your heart beats by itself and you don't have to tell it what to do, that is inspiring to me. So make a list of things that inspire you. And your list is going to be different than my list and the next person's list and the next person's list. Think of the things that inspire you because what inspires you might not inspire the other person or what inspires me might not inspire you. But I doesn't mean that I can't say, hey, why don't you read this clip or read this clip? Listen to me. I can't talk today. You know, go watch this YouTube clip. It's so inspiring. Or this person's book was very inspiring to me. Maybe you should read it. Everyone is going to find different inspiration in different things. Finding inspiration helps you to feel more determined in doing the thing. It also creates more dedication to you doing that thing. Because maybe you look at this other person over here that had just gone through something just so incredibly challenging. You're looking at your specific place and maybe you're, you're in a little bit of a better place than they are. And you're like, okay, well, if they did it from that place, then I can surely do it from mine. And I don't like to use the word challenging a lot, but I couldn't, I, I didn't, I couldn't figure out another word to use in that space, but be careful of the words that you use as well. Words are very powerful when we put certain limitations in our words. That's remember, that's what you're telling your brain. So if you're saying, oh, I'm going to go do a challenge, I'm going to go check what my limiting beliefs are. Well, when you're already putting a label on limiting beliefs, then you're already saying that I'm limited to these beliefs over here. If I'm doing a challenge, then maybe I'm already telling my brain this is going to be challenging. So I don't know that we're going to be able to do it. So why should I try? Remember, your thoughts are going to create your actions and your actions are going to create some kind of result. And that result is going to create a feeling. And that feeling is going to return right back to the thought. And it's a circle. Looking at things that inspire you and why does this inspire you? And take note of why those things inspire you. Maybe it's a passage that you read every morning to yourself. Maybe it's a goal that you have that you are going to 
put on your bathroom mirror. You're going to write it on post-it notes and you're going to put it on your bathroom mirror so you see it every single day. You're going to take a picture of it and make it a screensaver on your phone or on your desktop or your laptop, wherever. When you're constantly seeing things of inspiration that are, that are moving you that much closer to that goal and elevating your potential, those are the things that you want to be looking at daily. Anything that's elevating your spirit inside of you, that's bringing you to that next level of yourself, then unapologetically, you need to go there. And then the third thing is embracing your failures and learning to use them as stepping stones. So when I look at the word failure, I see, I'm going to go back to school here. I see an F on a paper. I see that somebody did not get picked to be on a team or back in the day when you had to pick teams for kickball or whatever it is and you're the last person standing there and you kind of feel like a real dork because nobody wanted you because they probably didn't think that you were good enough to be on the team. Those are all things that I think about when I when I hear the word failure. And I'm sure there's a zillion other scenarios that we can come up with that talk about failure. But where is it that we can take the word failure and turn it around? So yeah, maybe I was the last person that was picked to play kickball, but maybe they underestimated what my worth was and I ended up scoring the winning kick or I got the third out and our team won and now I'm no longer looked now when I go play kickball again now they want me first on their team might be an exaggeration but you can see where we don't always have to feel that failure if I look at the f on the test Maybe I didn't study well enough. Maybe I didn't ask for help. Maybe my teacher was crappy. I don't know. I had a bunch of crappy teachers when I was a kid. But how am I going to take that failure? Am I going to stand on the failure island and just sit there and wait for some boat to come get me from that space? Or am I going to use my entrepreneurial skills to go or my DIY skills to go find things on the island to build my boat to get off of the island. I don't want to stay on failure island my entire life because that's not going to be any fun. So looking at, again, the word failure has lots of negative connotations, but if I look at it as, okay, I didn't do well on this thing. How can I go back and look at that thing, not as a failure, but as a lesson that's going to be the driving force for me to do better on the next thing that I do? Just because something was a flop doesn't mean that it's the worst thing in the world. We learn lots of amazing lessons because something didn't work. There's been plenty of award-winning movies and books that won Oscars and won book awards because 
the author just kept refining the craft. They kept refining the storyline, refining the, the premise of the book or whatever it is until they reached a point where someone saw the, the potential in this story. And it made, didn't happen the first time. In some places, it didn't happen until like the ninth or tenth time. But what I'm saying is, is that the person never gave up. And giving up is a whole different podcast of, you know, when, when, when is enough enough? When is enough to just retire the thought and retire the thing and say, okay, this is just not our, this is not our ballgame. But I'm not talking about that now. What I'm talking about is learning how to not have your failures define who you are as a person. Your failures are meant to happen to teach you lessons so that the next time you do that thing, well, if it was something that created lots of chaos and havoc and not good things for you, then I would say don't repeat the thing. But if this is something that you're learning, it's a process that you're learning and you failed the first time or you failed the second time, it's like the, the kids or the people that train for the Olympics. You know, they train all of these hours and hours and they go to the Olympics and maybe they get to the Olympics and, and then something happens when it's time for them to go up for their, for their sport and they don't place. And then... I, I would probably say that like maybe the first thing that they feel is they, they probably feel like they failed. But I don't know that I would look at it as a failure. They've learned, they've accomplished so many amazing feats at this point. Like they were, they've trained, they've been picked for the Olympic team. They, they travel with their team to the Olympics and they, they compete in this, in this vast arena of so much talent and yes, the potential is there, but maybe it just wasn't their day. And I believe that too, that whatever happens in our lives, and of course, this is just my thoughts, whatever happens in our lives is meant to happen that way. And if it is a place of where we think is failure, then I've taught myself to look at that failure or what other people would propose as a failure and say, okay, I want to keep doing this. How can I do this next time to where I'm going to feel more confident in what I'm doing? I will feel more prepared. I will be in more alignment with what I am supposed to do. I am going to make sure that I am, you know, everything is well thought out. I've done my you know, my mindset work, I've done my meditational work, I've done my visualizations, I've done all the things. And I look back on what I did the first time that I did this thing. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't do half of this. Maybe now that I've done this, it's going to bring my, my performance to a whole new level. But I won't know that until I actually get there. So it's learning how to reword the word failure in your perspective and learn what stepping stones you need to move yourself out of that feeling of being on a deserted island by yourself on the failure island with no boat, 
and you don't even know how to make a boat. You don't even know what you need to create the boat, much less how you're going to sail the boat to wherever you need to get to to get back to civilization. Not allowing the failure to define who you are as the person. I guess I gave you a lot to think about there, but a few questions to leave you with. What does accomplishing XYZ, your goal, mean to you? Because remember, we talked about this in in Potential One. Your goal needs to mean something to you. It shouldn't be anyone else's goal but yours. So what does accomplishing that goal mean to you? What does that, what will it then mean? What is the ripple effect going to be when you create that goal? How is it going to affect other people by you doing this thing? What does it mean? Another question for you, and this is going to go back to identifying your driving force, is where and when do you feel overwhelmed? And maybe you feel overwhelmed when you look at what you're supposed to be doing and you feel like it's going to take you forever to get there. That's a sense of overwhelm. When you're feeling that overwhelm, my suggestion is go back in and simplify what you're doing. You've created too much of a lofty space for yourself to try to accomplish this thing that you're doing. I would go back and I would simplify it. Break it down even more so that it doesn't feel overwhelming. If I go back to marathon running and I'm like, okay, I'm going to run 20 miles a day. That seems really overwhelming to me. But if I say, okay, I'm going to do two miles every other day. Okay, that seems a little more reasonable. Even three miles would be very doable. So it's breaking down your goals or your tasks or your habits into things that are not going to overwhelm you. And looking at, you know, if I say, how is your your work-life balance? Are you overworking? Are you, you know, spending all of your time on work and you're not allowing yourself any self-care? You're, you're, I don't want to say you're avoiding your family because sometimes people that work two and three jobs, they don't have a choice. They don't have that option to be, you know, lingering around and, and, you know, being at the house and being available for everyone because they are in a position now where their family depends on them in multiple ways to put a roof and food on the table, a roof over their head and food on the table. So, Looking at your work-life balance, maybe the life that you have, maybe your work life right now is subjective to how much free time you have in order to make this goal happen. And maybe this goal is not something that you're able to do right now. I'm not saying it's impossible, but maybe you can do little things to work toward it, but maybe right now is not the time. So that's something that you don't need to beat yourself over, beat yourself up over. It's something that you know that you want to accomplish, but you just will have to wait to do that thing. But start setting yourself up for success for the future. 
And the last thing is, do you know the steps that it's going to take for you to get to that place that you are trying to get to? Building the momentum, creating more potential within yourself to see past the limitations that you've put in front of you in the past. Remember, the past is the past. Doesn't always, we, we, can, we can break the chain of the past. We don't have to keep reliving things that we did in our past. We can break that. And that's called creating new habits. And by creating new habits, that's going to give you the ability to achieve more than what you did prior in your life. But you have to set those new habits in place and stick to them. And creating the habits in small doses that create wins for you. So that you're not continuing that failure. You're not continuing on the failure staircase. Every time you try something, it doesn't work out so well because you haven't taught yourself how to get past the failure obstacle. And those obstacles are always going to be there. They're always going to be there to remind you, one, of how far you've come, because they'll be a little bit easier to get over. I'm not saying they're going to be super easy all the time, but it will instill in us a determination of, okay, I've been here before. I know how to get around or over this rock because I I look back on the strengths that I have that are going to move me forward. I know that that was a lot to take in, but I will recap quickly what we did talk about today. So we identified the driving force behind your potential in achieving this thing that you are going after. We talked about you identifying how willing you are to, you know, risk-taking and how you're willing to be out of your comfort zone. What's your finish statistic? And are you creating healthy habits to up your potential level in creating this thing that you are going after? Figuring out your determination and inspiration and what you what you use to help motivate you to get you from point A to point B, and then learning to reword or reframe your failures so that they are not stopping you in your tracks. So that's just the quick recap of our podcast today. Before I leave you, I want to read to you a excerpt from one of my, uh, I don't want to say he was a teacher, but I did attend one of his uh, trainings in person. And we did, I did partake in like a smaller VIP kind of mini mastermind uh, with Mastin Kip. And this was many years ago. But I want to read to you an excerpt from his book. Actually, there's two uh, excerpts that I want to read, but one of them is from another book. So here's the first one. This is from Mastin Kip. 
And it says, a day will come when you will be stirred by unexpected events. A part of you will die and you will begin to search for the elixir to bring this part of you back to life. You will seek this elixir in friends, lovers, enemies, books, religions, foreign countries, heroes, songs, rituals, and jobs. But no matter where you look, the treasure will evade you. All will seem lost. You will lose all hope that this magic potion even exists. It will be the darkest of nights, and the promise of certain death will lead you into the abyss of despair. But staring into this abyss, you will begin to see the dim light of your own illuminated soul. Your radiance will transform the abyss itself into the elusive elixir of life. And for the first time, you will realize that all the while, it was your own light that you were searching for. When I read that quote for the first time, it made me cry. Um, and I had read his book well before I signed up for uh, the conference that I went to with him. But it has so much power. The underlying message here is we always have the power within us. It's always there. We just have to have the strength, the courage, and the determination to uncover it and to continue to find and look for that light. And the second one that I wanted to read to you is from another person that I that I follow his his work and it's his name is Shaman Durek and this is from his book Spirit Hacking. So potential part 2 podcast I talked about reading or or creating a letter to yourself from your future self. And I wanted to read, I, I came across this passage in his book and it explains why we want to write from our future self. So here's the excerpt from his book. So the spirit hack is called Past Tense, Your Future. Most people manifest by speaking their desires into the future. They talk about all the wonderful things they are going to have and all the wonderful things they are going to do and all the wonderful things that they are going to create. What they don't understand is that every time we say we are going to do something, we move that energy farther and farther away from us into that procrastination construct called the future. When we speak in the future tense, we delay our manifestations. Speaking in the past tense is a powerful spirit hack because it allows us to bypass the influence of the past and to create from a fresh place quickly. When we speak our future into the present, we clear the slate, so to speak, in declaring a new now and a new trajectory. This means we speak about the things we are manifesting as though they have already happened. So instead of saying, I am excited that my book is going to help uplift and empower millions and millions of people, I would say, I am so excited that my book is helping 
millions and millions of people to uplift and empower themselves. When we speak about things that haven't unfolded as though they already have, we trick our subconscious mind into accepting our future projections as real. Remember, the mind is bound to the ego, which exists to make us right. In speaking our manifestations in the past, the mind goes about organizing reality to affirm the story that we are telling, which means grabbing hold of the experience we are talking about and carrying it into the future so that we can experience it as the present unfolds and be right. If we want to manifest in the future, we speak in the past tense as though we are looking back and reflecting upon the experience that has already happened. Like that time I said, I love how these beautiful, amazing people just called me out of the blue to join them on their boat and how we had the best time ever sailing around the Mediterranean and swimming in the sea and eating delicious food. Within a few days, I got a call from my friend, Jeremy, asking me if I wanted to join him and his family for a sailing trip around the Greek islands. No, that was not me. That was Shaman Durek. But like I was saying in the prior podcast, when you write this future, when these, you're writing these future letters back to yourself, you're already writing as if you've accomplished this thing that you are working towards. That is all I have for you today, my friends. I am going to, at the very end of this podcast, there will be a bonus meditation for you to do. Please, not while you're, don't listen to it while you're driving. Listen to it when you are home in a relaxed space. And I will also have it as a separate, I'm putting it on here with the podcast at the very end. And then I'm also going to do a separate recording of it as a standalone. Okay, but it will be included with this one just at the end of everything. So I hope that you've gained at least a different perspective on potential and the potential that you hold to go after all that you wish to do in your life. I wish you lots of amazing energy this week. And I thank you so much for listening and joining me. If you know of someone that you think could use or benefit listening to this podcast or these last three podcasts on potential, I would greatly appreciate it if you would give them the link or tell them about it. And if you found this valuable, I would also love a review on Apple Podcasts. So with that being said... Have a fabulous rest of your day and thank you again so much for listening and I look forward to being in your ear next week. Welcome to the bonus meditation that I told you that would be here at the end of the podcast. So this is just a quick meditation that's going to kind of seal in all that we talked about for potential. And before we begin, hopefully you are not driving listening to this. What I want you to do is I want you to rub your hands together kind of quickly. And then I want you to pull them apart. And if you don't feel anything yet, go back and rub your hands again together. 
kind of really, really, really quickly, kind of like they're almost feeling warm and then pull them apart. And I want you to pretend like you're trying to make a ball of energy with your hands. I don't know if you've ever played with, with dough like Play-Doh and you've made a ball with your hands. Moving your hands back and forth, you should start to feel a ball of energy. And the reason that I wanted you to do this is because I want you to understand that you are a ball of energy and energy has potential. If you are able to keep doing that, great. But just practice, like practice sometimes if you're just sitting in front of the computer or you're sitting in traffic and you're bored and you have nothing to do until the light changes, rub your hands together, create balls of energy. So now we'll get into the meditation. I'll start by asking you to take a couple of deep breaths. So you're going to breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. Take a few more breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. And I want you to focus on a color at the top of your head. Whatever color that is. And the first color, we're just going to do a wash over the body. That color is just going to run down you. And it's a warm, whatever color you've chosen, it brings a warm feeling on the outside of the body. All the way down to the bottom of your feet. going to do that one more time but now the body is going to take that same color and we're going to go internally with it and as we go into the body I want you to visualize that this color has like mag magnets in it and it's pulling the toxicities out of your system that no longer serve you, that no longer are bringing you any wellness or helping in improving the potential of you moving forward with this thing that you are doing or setting out to do. And then as that runs through the body, you're gonna release it through the bottom of the feet into the earth where that energy is repurposed, renewed into something else. So your eyes are closed. And just do a body scan. And if you feel any part of the body that feels very tense, just send a message to that body to just relax that space. Relax your face, your shoulders, your hands, your fingers. Let your stomach go. Release the jaw. Release that space in between your forehead. And just be in a comfort space relaxed. 
So your eyes are closed. And the first thing that I want you to visualize is that you're standing tall and you're radiating this confidence and self-assurance within yourself. Almost as if you're this tall, magnificent tree and the sun is shining down on you and you just look regal standing there. Imagine that a vibrant aura is surrounding you. It's like a, like a ball of energy that you're contained in. And it's representative of the power and the energy that you hold within yourself. And I want you to embrace what that energy feels like. You standing there and you're just this ball of beautiful light. Know that your empowerment is not a fleeting sensation, but it is a mindset and a state of being. It starts with a belief in yourself, a belief that you possess the strength and resilience to overcome any obstacle that stands in your way. Your dreams right now may seem distant, but you are capable of bridging the gap through your dedication, your perseverance, and unwavering faith in your abilities. As you feel the energy pulsating through your body, you have a force that is just waiting to be released, that is going to increase the vitality and life force in your body and in your space, furthering the potential in you reaching this goal. Embrace the realization that you have the ability to shape your own destiny, to manifest your dreams into reality, picturing your goals as if they've already occurred and see them clearly as they are within your grasp. Let go of any doubts or fears that may have been holding you back. Release them into the universe and surrender them to a higher power. Trust in the process and trust in yourself. The path toward your goals may not always be smooth, but you have the strength to navigate through any changes that arise. Envision that each step that you take toward your goals is an action infused with purpose and determination. Embrace your journey, for it is through the journey that you grow, evolve, and become the person that you are destined to be. Embrace the setbacks and failures as lessons, stepping stones toward your ultimate success. 
As you focus on empowerment and achieving your goals, remind yourself that you are worthy of every accomplishment and every triumph. Relinquish any thoughts of self-doubt or unworthiness and embrace the truth of your greatness and that your goals are already in your grasp. As you imagine yourself now standing at the edge of a vast ocean representing the boundless potential that resides within you. The waves are crashing against the shore, their rhythmic dance mirroring the rhythm of your heartbeat. Feeling the power of the ocean surging through your being, awakening a sense of strength and resilience within you. As you take a moment to reflect on your goals and your dreams, visualize them as shimmering stars in the night sky, as if they are lighting the path before you, seeing them clearly shining bright with infinite possibilities. Believe in yourself, for within you, lies a wellspring of untapped potential and you are capable of achieving anything that you set your mind to. Let go of any self-doubt or limited beliefs that may have held you back. Imagine that you have them in a jar and you take the cap off and you just release them into the wind so that they are no longer a part of your holding. Replace them with unwavering belief in your own abilities. I am worthy of success and fulfillment. I possess the skills and talents necessary to achieve whatever goals and dreams I have for myself. I am capable, strong, resilient, and abundant. I believe in myself and my ability to overcome any obstacle placed in front of me. Feel the energy of these affirmations as a renewed sense of confidence and self-assurance. Visualize yourself taking those bold steps towards your goals, filling yourself with determination and purpose. Trust in the process and embrace the lessons that come your way, for they are there to move you closer and closer to your goals. Embrace these steps with a curious and open heart, extracting wisdom from every experience. With every breath that you take, breathe in the belief that you are deserving of all the success 
and abundance that life has to offer. And as you exhale, release anything that no longer serves you, your doubts and fears, and replace every inhale with new life, potential, and wellness. So before you open your eyes, I want you to place your hand on your heart. And I want you to really see that version of yourself that has accomplished what they've set to accomplish. No longer living in that zone of non-achievement, failure, or the inability to see things through. You're one who possesses anything that you want to possess in your grasp. No longer living in the past. Looking forward. And although your territory may be uncharted, you know that you have the sails of momentum cast and the compass you have set is in the direction of unyielding determination. So know that you are the architect of your own destiny and the world is yours to discover and to grasp. You just need to create the map. Take another deep breath. Inhale all of that positivity and exhale the wind into your sails. Go ahead and open your eyes. And if right now you feel the need to journal or reflect or you would like to just continue to listen to the music that is playing and just be in peace and contentment, then please do so. But I hope that you have an amazing rest of your day. And listen to this meditation more than one time because each time that you listen to it, you might get something new from it. Your subconscious will release certain things to you the more that you allow yourself to be in a meditative state. So enjoy and I wish you all the best. <laughs>